Praise the Lord, everybody. You know, I want to come to you right now because I have something very seriously to ask you, and I really do want you to think about it. I don't want you to try and figure it out, but I want you to answer this question that I'm getting ready to ask you. And if you notice what the title was, that is the question that I do want to ask you. And that question is, who is Jesus to you? I know who he is to a lot of people, but who is Jesus Christ to you? And you might have somebody that says, hey, I go to church every Sunday. I know who Jesus Christ is to me, but do you? Do you really know who Jesus Christ is to you? And many people know him as their savior. Of course, you and I, you and I, we both know Jesus as our savior. That's who he is. He is our savior. And that's who we know him by. And that's wonderful. And that's great. But the question that I really want you to think about is who is Jesus Christ to you? Because he, he is so much more than just our Savior. Jesus Christ is so much more than just a Savior. And understand that some people only know him as he saved me. He saved me. I'm no longer on my way to hell. He saved my soul. And that is true. And that is a blessing but do we really know who Jesus Christ is? Because many people don't know that he's a healer. And that is why that they will continue to take pills that a doctor gives. Because that, that is all they know. They, they decided that they're going to live with diabetes. Or they're going to live with high blood pressure. And they're going to live... But, but are they really thinking that Jesus can heal me? Because Jesus Christ is really a healer. And, and we shall not, we will not allow the devil to take that away from us. The fact that many people believe that Jesus healed a long time ago, but does he heal today? Yes. Yes. And he can heal that thing that's holding you back. He can heal you from all of those mental issues in your mind, whether it's depression, no matter what it is, Jesus Christ can heal you. You are not in this all by yourself. And sometimes you may get to a place where you feel like you are all by yourself, but you're not. You was never by yourself. Jesus has always been there for you. He has. And you may not feel it sometimes, but he has, and he is our healer today. And I'm going somewhere with this, but I need for you to think about Jesus Christ. Because I believe if we know who he is, it will cause us to walk more in who we are in him. It will cause us to know more of what we need to do because we have him. Many people do a lot of things as if there's no reverence to God or no fear of God, but he's real. And he's here and he's alive. And Jesus is more than just our savior. He wants to be so much more a part of our lives if we just let him in. Yes, he did walk this earth. And yes, he is seated at the right hand of the father. But you got to understand that he is right here with us through his Holy Spirit. 
And I'm going to show you that. Do you know that it was Jesus that gave us the Holy Ghost? He said, I'll go now to my father, but I will not leave you comfortless. I'll send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And many times people look at TV shows about ghosts and they, they sometimes get afraid and they get scared because of ghosts. But he is truly the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is really here. And the Holy Ghost wants to be a part of my life and your life. And he wants to show himself strong on, on, on our behalf. He really does. He wants to just flex his muscles and show you what he has. But you've got to know who the spiritual ram is. What, what belongs to you in the heavenlies. What belongs to you while you are on earth? On earth, as it is in heaven. Isn't that what the Bible says? On earth, as it is in heaven. In other words, God, everything that's going on in heaven, the peace, the power, the joy, the happiness, all of that, it needs to be just like that for me on earth. And guess what? You can have that right here on earth. And I know some of you might be saying, with everything that's going on, how can we have that on earth? Don't you know that wherever you are, you are the one that creates an atmosphere of love. You are the one that destroys the yokes of the, the yoke of the devil, the yoke that's holding people down, the yoke of hatred. You've got that power. Oh my goodness, it's so easy to let bitterness get in our heart and, and stop speaking to people when you go to the gas station and the grocery store and you just look straight. And of course, we got the mask on. So that's more distance from people. But when are we going to demonstrate and break those yokes using the power that our Savior has given to us? Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. And you have to know Jesus. You cannot go through the entire Bible and not realize who Jesus Christ really is. Because if you know who he is, you will fall in love with him and you will put the bottle down. You will put the weed down, the drugs down. You will put all that fornication away because you have fallen truly in love with Jesus and you have to tell somebody about him. You have to tell somebody. You have to post about Jesus. You have to, oh my God, when you fall in love with Jesus, there is nothing more that you want to talk about. And of course, we have many conversations with many people, but it all comes back to Jesus. Why? Because he is and should be our world. We should fall so much in love with him that everything else grows dim. Because the love of Jesus Christ, when we think of the goodness and everything that he's done for us, oh my goodness, falling in love with him and the love on us will begin to touch the love all outside in the world. But we have to first really know who Jesus Christ is. He's a healer. He did take stripes for you. He did take those stripes for you. He did hang on a cross for you and for me. And he did that. And, and, and I believe sometimes people look at him as being weak because he hung on the cross and he died, but he rose again. And while he was on the cross, if he wanted to, he could have called a legion of angels 
to come right to his rescue and they would have came and they would have tore and destroyed the whole world that was going on around him while he hung on that cross. But he chose by his great power in him and self-control to not do that. But he had to feel the sins of the world. He had to know what it feels like to feel like, oh my God, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why has my mother forsaken me? Why has my father forsaken me? Why has my... You might be asking those questions. And while Jesus was hanging on the cross, he asked his father. He said, Father, why has thou forsaken me? Nevertheless, not my will, not my will, but thy will be done. And though he had to go through that, the Bible says Jesus rose from the dead, from the grave in three days. He rose again. He did. He literally rose again. And that's why we are here today. But he knows what that feels like to feel like you've been forsaken and to feel like everybody has walked away from you. Everybody that you thought cared about you has walked away or everybody that you've been good to just don't seem like they're returning back the love oh jesus knows all about that and if you ever get a relationship and know who he is in your life uh, everything else is gonna work out for you i'm talking about things would just start coming together jesus look you know what think think about it what, you, do you really think that the devil has that much control no 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 i mean jesus is not weak if, if, do you think that the devil gives all all the goodness to the evil people and, and Jesus just lets you go through all the time? What, what, kind of, what kind of God is that? No, no, no. That ain't, that ain't who God is. God wants you to have the best. He does. He doesn't want your life to be nothing but struggle and pain and everything that you see on TV. You choose to look at that on TV. It's time to get down on your knees because the, because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If you are praying to God, I mean, you are you just in a place, you're being real with God. And you're praying, he will answer your prayers. I'm talking about quick, fast, and in a hurry. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. And I know one of my friends... I know she wouldn't mind me telling you this, but I had a friend just on last Friday. She went to work. And you know, sometimes people wear those jeans. They're the style where they have little holes in the knees or, or something like that. And that's what she had. She went to work. She had little, you know, little holes in the knees, but everybody else was wearing shorts. And, and she just had those regular pair of nice jeans on that has the holes in them. And they called her in the office after she had been working at this company for years. They called her in the office and told her that if if she doesn't cover those little holes, then she would have to leave and she would be fired. And she said, well, everybody else is walking around with shorts on and everybody else has to cover too. And they said, well, we're not focusing on them. We're focusing on you. That's what they told her. And they told her if she wanted to stay there that day, that she would have to go to the cafeteria and wrap aluminum foil around those holes in her jeans at the knees. She would have to wrap aluminum foil around them and walk around like that the rest of the day. 
She said, I will not be humiliated like that. I will not. That is not right. If you don't care about us enough to even just give me a warning or something, because I would never wear them again if, that, if it bothers you that much, then, you know, if you don't care at all about your employees, then I don't need to be here. She got up out of her seat and she walked out the door and she quit. Now, mind you, they have been working seven days a week, no weekends off, at all seven straight days, all three shifts, seven days a week, Monday through Sunday. When she walked out, she said, Tiffany, you know, I got a piece. I'm not even worried about it because I believe and trust God. She said, I can understand if it was somebody that didn't know who Jesus was, but because I know who he is. I have a piece about this, and I'm not even worried. I'm just going to go and visit my mother. She lives in Tennessee, and I'll just come back Monday and start looking for a job. How about she called me on Thursday of this week and said, Tiffany, let me tell you how good God is. She said, I got a job in the office. Now, remember, they called her in the office last Friday, and she was working on a conveyor line. She said, Tiffany, I have a new job that quick, y'all. She said, I work in the office at this job. I work 40 hours a week, Monday through Friday. I never have to work on the weekends. I, I, I can go to church every Sunday. She said, I'm off every Saturday and Sunday. She said, I make great money. She said that they told me that I need if I need to be off anytime with my children, that it's okay. She said because she was once a single mother and she would never, ever do somebody like that that needed. She understands what it's like. This is the manager telling her this. Look how God did her. Let me tell you something. God is a good God. And she is so happy she don't know what to do. She said, I, I would have never left that other job had that had that not have happened but god knew she wouldn't have left because she's a good worker and turned around and blessed her with something better glory to god so when one door shuts please know that god already has prepared another door and it will be better we've got to know who he is in our lives he's not only a forgiver but he is your justifier in other words, he makes it right when somebody tries to come against you. He is the one that fights for you and justifies you and says, uh-uh, that's my child. It doesn't matter what color. She can be black, white. It doesn't matter. Hispanic, it doesn't matter. When Jesus says you are his children, you are his child, he will fight for you. He will justify you. He will take up for you. He will have your back, front, sides. He knows that he has your back. God's got you. And you have to know that. You have to know that. You have to know who he is. Let me tell you something. This is going to come as a shocker to you. But Jesus Christ is God. He is in the Trinity. And these three are one. See, when, when, when you go to heaven, when this world cracks and everybody stands before the throne room of grace, there's only going to be one throne. There's not going to be three. There's going to be one throne. And the glory of God is going to be right there. And sitting right there will be Jesus Christ in that throne. My God. 
If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. I need you to know because sometimes you scratch your head and you say, how can that be? Now, he's, he's God's son, Jesus is, and, and, and Jesus raised him. God raised him from the dead and the Holy Spirit. Now, who is that? You've got to understand the, 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 the dynamics of the heavens. There's more to life than just this earth of what you're on. And you've got to be awakened and sober and understand who, where you're at and who you're really dealing with and the power that you possess. Look, the enemy is not the only one that has that little bit of power, but God has all power in his hand. Whew. Colossians chapter two, verse nine says, for in him, that's Jesus, for in him dwelleth all, did you hear that? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He said in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him. In who? In Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ is all the forehead. The, the, is all the Godhead. It's all in Jesus Christ. If you ever get a real understanding of who he is, oh my gosh, all, everything that God has is in Jesus. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He, it, it is all in Jesus. When Jesus walks, when he, when Jesus, when he steps, when he makes one step, don't you understand all of the knowledge of God is walking. When Jesus walked, all of God is walking. The mind of God. When you see Jesus, you see God. See, we, we don't put Jesus in, in a category with just he's the Christian leader. He's just a religious figure. No, 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 no. No, Jesus is not one of the religious leaders in the world. It is an insult to call Jesus Christ the Christian leader. Jesus Christ, he's the, he's the Christian leader. No, no, no. He, he's just a religious leader, a religious figure. And, you know, everybody has their own God that they believe in. No, no, no. no. There's only one. There's only one. There's only one. See, men made different religions out of the teaching of Jesus Christ. That's why we have so many denominations. But there's only one. There's only one. Man made denominations. But the Bible is just it. The Holy Bible. That is it. That is the only, only way that we should be going. When Jesus said that we're supposed to lay hands on the sick and they recover, that he did not mean just the Pentecostals. That was for everybody. When Paul said, I wish that all would speak in tongues, that was just not for the radical people. That was for everybody. If we ever get back to just believing the word of God, that Bible has everything you need for life and godliness. You've got to get in the word of God. 
I'm telling you right now, I'm not just making this up. I'm not just saying it just to be saying it. Listen, if you get a chance, read 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, and without controversy, there is no controversy about this. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, and without controversy, gray is the mystery. It's a mystery, y'all. That's why we scratch our heads and try to figure it out. And our minds, it's like, God, open up my understanding so I can see all of this. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Listen, why do I say Jesus is God? The Bible says God was manifested in the flesh. Well, who do you know was manifested in the flesh? Jesus. And this scripture says God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Who was received up into glory that you know? And that's why it says in that chapter, and great is the mystery. God was manifested in the flesh. You've got to know who he is. And whenever you begin to know who he is, you will begin to walk in a power that the devil can't even touch you. Because you finally know who I am. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. He came here for me. He came me to give he came here to give me power. See, you got to understand you are not co-heirs with Jesus Christ. You're not. If you ever realize, the Bible says that we are joint heirs of Jesus Christ. Joint heirs, meaning we are joined together. We are connected. We're connected. We are joined together. See, if you're co-heirs, then it might be 90, 10, 60, 40, 50, 50. But when you are joint heirs, you're joined together. You're connected together. That means whatever Jesus has is mine. And that means I'm a part of him too. So he needs me and I need him even the more. He says we are joint heirs. Whatever Jesus did while he was here, guess what? He said, you're going to do greater works greater works why are you not doing the greater works because obviously you have to tap in to who the greatness of the glory of who Jesus Christ really is you need to say that to yourself everything that belonged to Jesus is mine everything that Jesus did I can do too everything that Jesus did lay hands on the sick raise the dead everything Jesus did he gave me power to do it too. Glory to God. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. The Bible says, but of him are you in Christ Jesus. But of him, you are in him. You are in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I'm teaching y'all something. You can go teach this to somebody else. You don't even have to tell them you got it from me. You need to teach them though. 
but of him are you of him are you in Christ Jesus he has given us and made us to have wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption and see a lot of times we just go backwards with every one of the scriptures because we know about redemption we know he is our redeemer we know about sanctification we know he can clean us up we know about righteousness to do right do the things try to do better do right by god do the things that are pleasing and right to god but do we know the wisdom of god the bible says but of him are you in christ jesus who of god is made unto wisdom he has said that we can have his wisdom he said you are made to have his wisdom See, when we get the wisdom of God, we will know how to handle our finances. We will know how to handle people. We will have a wisdom that causes riches to come to us. Proverbs chapter 8, when you get a chance, read over there beginning at verse 12. I'm telling you, wisdom is real. See, see, you know all about TV, you know about the news, we know about social media, we know about the ins and the outs, we know about people, what's going on in their life, we know who's living right, we know who's on drugs, we know who's fornicating, we know who's shacking, we know who's, who's really not living, we just know everything about everybody in the world. But if, but if you ever, and I ever, well, I'm, I am, I, I'm working on it. But if you ever tap into the things of God and stop being so focused on the things of this world, the things of God will find you. And life as you know it will be so much better. Y'all, I'm trying my best to tap into this, to give you this, because it was not made just for the disciples or me. It was made also for you, whoever Jesus said, whosoever, whosoever shall come to me, whosoever. He didn't say whoever had it together. I'm telling you, if you had it together, you wouldn't even need Jesus. Why, why need Jesus if you had it all together? If you had it, you can't get it together. That's why you need Jesus. You can't get it together. I couldn't get it together. I need Jesus every single day. I need Jesus Christ. But he says in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12, the Bible says, I wisdom. My God, wisdom talk. He said, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. I'll give you ideas that ain't nobody thought about. I wisdom. Did y'all catch that? You get a chance. Look over at Proverbs chapter 8. Begin with verse 12 when wisdom had a voice and talk. He said, I wisdom that's who i am wisdom yes i'm real i'm will that's why god said if you lack wisdom he said ask of me and i'll give it to you freely i won't hold it up i won't upbraid it i'll give it to you i will not upbraid it i will give you wisdom and you'll know what to do in every situation if you just tap into the wisdom he said i wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions Verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. See, that's what I'm talking about. When, when people don't fear God, 
But when we begin to lift them up and pray, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, to hate pride. Somebody has their nose up in the air to hate arrogance and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. This is wisdom talking. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign. That's what wisdom said. Wisdom said by me. In other words, he has given kings wisdom to know how to reign. In verse 16, he said by me, princes, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. Verse 17, he said, I love them that love me. Wisdom said, I love everybody that love me. If you love wisdom and have the wisdom of God, wisdom loves you. And those that seek me early shall find me. Those that seek the wisdom of God for every everything that concerns your life. Wisdom says those that seek me early shall find me. And then look at verse 18. This is what wisdom said. Wisdom said riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. He said riches Come on, you know you need more money to do what you need to do. Even if you want to feed the homeless. Even if you want to be a blessing to somebody, just buy groceries for everybody that's trying to do better and lost their job. Look, wisdom said, I, I've got the riches with me. I just need you to tap into my wisdom. I just need you to sit long enough for me to tell you how to do it, how to get it, what to do. Wisdom has a voice. And wisdom is trying to get you to settle down in your spirit. Turn the TV off. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to ungodly counsel. But wisdom said, ask God for me. Ask God. God said, if you ask for wisdom, I'll give it to you. That's how important wisdom is to God. He said, if you ask for wisdom, I'll give it to you. And I will not hold it up. Why would he even say that? Why would he say wisdom is that powerful? He said, I won't upbraid it. I will freely give it to you if you ask for it. I don't know if many people ask for wisdom. But I am opening up your spiritual knowledge and telling you, ask for wisdom. The wisdom of God will tell you when to speak and when to hold your peace. The wisdom of God will tell you how to handle your money, how to handle people on your job, how to get a job. Wisdom talks. Ask for wisdom. Many people are trusting in the world system and what we have been taught in the books, using our calculator, talking about, you know, I got this X amount of money and I can't spend this, but I want to spend this. I got to pay these bills. But you need to open up a bank account in heaven. You need to open up and start putting some spiritual money up. You need to start paying your tithes and offerings. Open up your bank account in heaven. The wisdom of God is not, is not limited to the worldly system of your job. The wisdom of God says live off of the 10% and I'll make it. Don't be afraid to give money. Don't be afraid to give money. 
God knows you need it, but you can't put your trust in money. You have to put your trust in the wisdom of God to handle your money. Be a giver. Be a cheerful giver. The Bible said God loves a cheerful giver. See, you staying at the same place you at with your money. Ain't nothing changed. The bills is paying. You know, you're not going hungry, but don't you want more? You need to start being a giver. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men give unto your bosom? People will give to you just because you are a giver. He'll make your enemies your footstool. If you ever tap into the heavenly realm and stop being so worldly, stop believing that this is it. Do you really know the things and the mind and the Godhead of Jesus Christ? He is your supplier. He is the fourth man in the fire. He's the fourth man in the fire with you. You are not by yourself. I, it doesn't matter what the enemy try to tell you. You are not by yourself. And I'm talking to you. I want you to understand how powerful you really are. Because I don't think you know. You want that loved one to get saved? Start going to God about it. You want to see things change in your life and in your home? Start typing up scriptures and just tape them to the wall. Every time that person come in your house, they'll see scriptures all over the house. All over the house. You've got to do something different. You want people in the world to change and not have so much hatred? Look, one can chase a thousand. You start praying, a thousand people will get right. Two can chase 10,000. Two people, get your prayer partner together. 10,000 people are going to get their life together. Think about if three people get together and pray. Think about if we get a prayer line open and somebody say, look, I just want to get a prayer line open. And, and, and if you would just pray. But look, I need for you to stop trying to say, well, let me pray about it and see if God want me to pray. And see if God want me to pray on that prayer line. Honey, God wouldn't mind you praying, okay? God's not going to mind you praying on a prayer line. Because you never know that one prayer that somebody listened to may be the prayer that changes everything. We have to start somewhere. Be open. Be a vessel that God can use. Be ready. A lot of times we hesitate about everything. And therefore so many things has went by. Be ready. Be ready at all times. Be ready to give a word at all times. That's what the Bible says. Be ready at all times. Your excuse is, I'm going to go pray about it. And yes, we should always pray about it. But if you're praying all the time, guess what? You're ready. You, you, you are ready. When the time comes, God's going to tell you right then because you're prayed up. If you have to go pray all the time about something, is that the only time that you're praying? Already be prayed up and ready with an answer. Hallelujah. Come on, we got to get this thing right. We can't go through this world and not tap into the things of God and what he has for us. The first thing we've got to know is who we are in Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be strange. The Bible says we are a peculiar people. We're strange. 
people ought to look at us and call us weird. And it's okay to be called weird. I'm not talking about just going out and just running down the street naked. I'm not talking about that. That person have the Holy Ghost doing that. No, mm -mm. no, 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 no. We've got the Holy Ghost in this hour. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about ready for the things of God. Are you ready to let God use you? Are you ready to do the things that God has called you to do? You cannot be a victim all your life. You cannot keep looking at circumstances and say, why is this happening to me? Don't you know that God said all things work together for your good? My friend that lost her job, that looked like a bad situation, although she had peace about it. And then turned around, God got her a job the next week. When are you going to say, I got a peace about this? This situation in your life that's hurting you, that's having you up against the wall. When are you going to say, you know what? I'm really going to give this to Jesus. And I'm not going to act funny. I'm not going to act like I'm mad. And if I am, Jesus, take this madness away from me because it's not supposed to be there and replace it with love because the love of Christ is supposed to be in me. This is not about me no more. It's time I stop making it about me and start making it about you, Jesus. I have to start making it about you. And if you put Jesus at the center, everything else will fall in place. You might be holding up the blessings because you keep thinking that you're wrestling with flesh and blood but the bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principality principalities and wickedness in high places for some reason you keep thinking that you are wrestling with that person that's upsetting you but the bible says you are not wrestling with flesh and blood you're not. Stop thinking you are. But you are wrestling with a demonic force that is trying to upset your mood. That person that's upsetting you, you ought to go grab them and give them a great big old hug. Why? Because you're not just going to church on Sunday and not living nothing on Monday through Saturday. But you're, you're living this thing out. Jesus said, do good to your enemies. Bless them. That's what the word of God says. He didn't tell you to get in your flesh, walk away, don't talk to them. How can they treat you like that? That is not what Jesus said. That is not Bible. Quit trying to make that Bible for you acting the way you are acting. That is called being a lukewarm Christian. And you are not a lukewarm Christian. You are not just a hearer of the word of God, but you are also a doer of the word of God. You're a doer. You're not just a hero. You're not. And that's what you have to get in your spirit. You are not just a hero of the word of God, but you are a doer of the word of God. If you get a chance, go to go to uh, St. Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 22. He said, Blessed are you when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil 
for the Son of Man's sake. He said, rejoice in that. This is Jesus talking. Jesus said, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. How many of you have leaped for joy when somebody like they're coming against you? When they separate you from their company, when they don't invite you to the party, don't, don't include you in their clique. How many of you have leaped for joy? This is what Jesus is telling you. Stop just reading the word of God and start doing it. Jesus said, when people separate from you, don't want you in their company. He said, rejoice, rejoice. He said, and leap for joy. Some people say it's more easier said than done. Oh, Lord, you've been in this long enough. You should know by now how to do it. Come on, if you can't do it, ask Jesus to help you. You know what it has to do with? It has to do with trust. It's how much do you really trust him? Ask yourself. I mean, you had a crossroad right now. If you're not leaping for joy in a situation, and you know what that situation is. Matter of fact, go on and get that situation in your mind. That situation that upset you last week. That situation that might have upset you yesterday. And you still just can't get over it. Nobody knows what you went through. Yet Jesus knows exactly what you went through. He said, but I'm telling you, leap for joy. Leap. I don't care if you got to fake it till you make it. Leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. Your reward is great. For in the like manner did their fathers do the same thing unto the prophets. That's what he said. That's what he said. He said, leap for joy. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to get in your mind that you're going to start right now. Yes, I want you to think about everybody that did you wrong, everybody that upset you, everybody that just messed up the whole party, everybody that came to be the, the party crasher, whoever that person is. I want you to jump up and leap for joy right now and say, God, I say thank you. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you, and they say all manner of evil against you, and they tell lies about you. He says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward. He keeps saying that your reward is great. He said, Do it. He said, Go ahead and be nice. It, don't worry about how they're treating you. I'm telling you to be good to them. Be good to them. Be good to them. It's time to be good to them. Come on. You done held it in long enough. It's time to be good to them. Amen. And if you do that, great is your reward. Amen. Just know who you are. When you're good to somebody that's not good to you, the Bible says you heap coals of fire. This is the New Testament. You heap coals of fire, hot coals on their head, that they will go somewhere and start feeling bad, that they're treating you the way they're treating you, and they will change their mind and start treating you better. But when you always got that defense up and that wall up, and they might think you stupid, but you ain't stupid, and you, and you know how they treat you, you still think you fighting against flesh. You are not fighting against flesh. And you've got to realize that. Pray for them. Pray for them. 
The Bible says that, that the enemy puts blinders on people's eyes. And we ought to pray that the blinders be removed. There's blinders on people's eyes. And we've got to pray that God remove those blinders off of their eyes. There's blinders. There are blinders on people's eyes right now. And you up there trying to fight and go against them and, and feel like they're doing you wrong. They have blinders on their eyes. We got to pray that the blinders be removed from their eyes. I know you might be thinking, oh, people make their own decision. No, they have blinders on their eyes. And you've got to pray for the blinders to be removed. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for the blinders to be removed from their eyes. And when you start praying like that and start real and start having compassion on people and stop thinking that everybody is against you. Look, people just trying to make it these days. But you've got to pray that God would remove the blinders off of people's eyes. That is so important. That is so important. And when you start praying like that, then that is when you're going to start seeing a change in your family, in the lives of people all around you, because you are now starting to see that, you know what, this is the enemy. I'm sitting there thinking all this time that it was people. This is the enemy causing all this, causing all this havoc. When you start realizing that, that's when you're going to start really going far in God. Because you finally realize that it is not people that is your enemy. But some of them just have blinders on their eyes. And you're supposed to pray that God would remove those blinders off of their eyes. Okay? That's what I want you to know today. Now, I know that there might be somebody that says, well, how do I suppose to pray that God would open up their eyes and turn them from darkness and remove the blinders off of their eyes? Listen, that is something that you just begin to pray. When you start having compassion on people, you just automatically start praying for them. You do. You just feel bad for them. You feel like they just, you know, they really need Jesus more than you do. That's when you really just praying for people. I mean, you just believing that they just need Jesus all day long. Amen. So I want you to start praying for people. Start, stop thinking that everybody is against you. And start praying for people. That their eyes be open. And that God would turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of their sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That's Acts chapter 26 verse 18. That's what we're praying. Amen. That's what we're praying. So I pray that you found something in this word. I wanted to talk to you today because I need for you to know who Jesus Christ is. He is more than just somebody that saved you. He has all power in his hand. He is ready to walk beside you. He is ready to give you encounters. He is ready for you to see that he is real. Those dreams and visions I told you about, they stay with me. I remember them as if I had them on yesterday. I remember seeing Jesus in every dream. And I said, God, I want to see you in those dreams again. Oh, Lord, 
Let me see you in those dreams. Those are things we ought to be praying for. God, visit me in the night watches. Visit me in a dream. Lord, visit me. Give me a vision of you. Lord, give me wisdom and understanding. Lord, give me knowledge. Oh, God, the things of the heavenly realm. Give me the speaking in the unknown tongue. Oh, God, stir up the gifts that are in me. When you start thinking like that and you start taking all of the eyes on you and your eyes begin to focus on the things of Jesus Christ. He is real. He is real. I'm telling you, you can get by yourself and you begin to talk to Jesus. I remember one time I just sat and I just, I was sitting, true story. I was standing in the middle of the living room and I had just watched a show, uh, uh, a Christian show on TV and he was talking about Jesus and I cut the TV off I cut everything off I turned my phone off and I said Jesus let me know you're real touch me right now and it felt like a waterfall was all over me I'm talking about I, I had to I, I could barely stand up, but it felt like a waterfall. It just felt like all of this water was just, just, just like little hands, just all, just like just pricking me all, just all over me. And it felt wonderful. Oh my gosh. I cannot explain it. I never forget the time I was in a service and there was a man there. He came to Morganton, North Carolina. That's where he came to. He came there and I went to this church because he was there and I was there and and all of a sudden he looked at me and this was a long time ago and he said what what the Holy Ghost is going to need for you he said what God is going to need for you to do you're going to need more of the Holy Ghost and because he wasn't my pastor in my mind I, there was two men already standing behind me and that man that said that was standing in front of me and in my mind I think I was just being cornal at the time I was thinking I didn't say this out loud but in my mind I was thinking this man is not going to touch me and not fall out I'm not falling to the ground this is when I first started yes see I know what I'm talking about because I was one of those skeptical ones but in my mind I was saying, saying to myself I am not falling to the ground he can he can touch me and and push me I'm not falling to the ground and I did not say that out loud I said that in my mind don't you know he looked at me firmly in the eyes I mean he stared at me in my eyes and he said these words he said I don't have to touch you. Holy Ghost touch you. Boom! It was like electricity went through my body and I quickly went down to the ground. I'm talking about, look, that's the feeling I want again. I said, God, when I lay hands on people, that's what I want them to feel. It was like you stuck your finger and accidentally into a plug and you got an electrical shock. But this was like a hundred times more of an electrical shock. It was like ch -ch -ch, down my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I was like, choo, quickly went back. It was amazing. I said, my gosh, what kind of power is that? That man said, I don't have to touch you. That ought to let you know that people hear God. They hear your thoughts. Listen, when you are walking in the prophetic, 
we just don't say things to be said. There's a reason why I said, I, I posted this on Facebook, that people ought to sing the song out loud and put it in the atmosphere. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't work. I don't say things just to be said. No sooner than I said that, a light tornado came through where I live. It didn't come near me, but they called a warning, put it on everybody's phone. All this rain, wind blowing. Then after that, you hear about somebody going in a building, shooting. Look, I'm not saying stuff just to be saying it. You've got to go around your house and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't work. You see, God will do what he said he would do. He will stand by his word and he will come through. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Oh, it won't work. You need to start singing that. Go around your house. Saint, put, the, put the scripture up on your wall. Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You, you need to start saying that scripture. And I you need to say every bit of it. You need to start saying no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And then after you say no weapon formed, you got to put God in this. Don't think that you just not doing nothing. Faith without works is just dead. That's what the Bible says. It says faith without works is dead. You've got to open up your mouth and say something. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You've got to say something. The enemy done tried to hold your mouth long enough. Some of you, if you like me, used to have dreams that something was trying to hold your mouth in your dream, trying to make you not talk. You better open up your mouth and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You better go somewhere, pull up Psalms 91. You know you can Google it, pull it up on your Bible app, whatever it is. Because you can get the Holy Bible app on your phone. Read it every day. Carry it with you while you're sitting waiting for your order to get changed. That's what I do. And you've got to pull out Psalms 91 when he said, He that dwelleth in the secret place. I'm telling you, I learned that chapter. I learned it. I wanted to learn it. I put it on a CD just so I could hear it every single day. And I would repeat it every day until I had it down pat. And when I go places, I go Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shall thy trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Y'all better hear that. Nor for the arrow that flieth by day. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near me. Only with thine eyes shall I behold and see the reward 
of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling, neither shall any plague come near my home, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. You better say it. And he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They shall bear you up in your ha in their hands, lest I dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon, shall thou trample under feet. Because, this is what God said, because he have set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he have known my name. Mm. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Get to know Jesus and who he is in your life. God bless you. Goodbye. Until next time, Jesus Christ is Lord.